Amen. They could have kept that up. Praise God. Made me want to come up and sit on the platform and just be like at home and just sing. You ever do that? Just gather around the piano and, and uh, as my dad said, open up and let her fly. And that's what we did. Amen. So good to have all of you here today. Thank you. We've got a number of folks that are outside preparing for us. And uh, we're going to have a great afternoon. And I know that I'm the only thing between you and lunch. And that's not an enviable position to be in. But we're here for the purpose of not just celebrating our friends, but celebrating the greatest friend of all. The friend of friends. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ. And I remember uh, reading the story about a young boy. His mom sent him off to the store to pick up some items. And he was gone for an extremely long period of time. And when he finally got home, she just scolded him and said, Where in the world have you been? And he said, Well, Mom, it was like this. He said, On the way home, as a little boy... A bicycle had broken down on the side of the road, and I stopped to help him. And the mother looked at him and said, well, son, I didn't know you knew how to fix a bike. He said, I didn't, but I did know how to cry, so we just sat down and cried together. <laughs> That's what a friend will do for you. Amen. We're thankful for all of our friends. When we, when we think about friends, a world of good things begin to flood my mind because my life has been so blessed and so enlarged because of the friends that have come into my life and have made such a difference. If you have a Bible, if you would stand in honor of the Word of God, I want to take you to the Old Testament, the writings of Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18 and going to read the last verse, uh, verse number 24. And I think probably most of you have either heard this at some point in your life, maybe not in church, but you've heard part of it quoted at some point. Proverbs 18 and 24, it said, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I love that. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. But that first part is just as true, that if you're going to have friends, you've got to be a friend. Amen. And I want to talk to you this morning for a few moments about that friend. And everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. When we think of friends, certainly there's a flood of thoughts that run through our mind and we look back on a particular time in our life when a certain individual made a great impact. I think it was Oprah Winfrey who said that a lot of friends or a lot of people want to ride with you in the limo, but what you want is someone that will walk with you when the limo breaks down, and that's a real friend. 
And true friendship is always more of a sweet responsibility than it is an opportunity. Because there is much that comes upon me when I talk about friends. Somebody said, and I probably feel this way myself, true friendship is when you walk into their house and your iPad automatically syncs with their Wi-Fi. That is a friend indeed. Amen. Your true friendships in life will help multiply your life and they will divide your sorrows. And if you learn how to be a friend, you will find that those people that gather close to you will often be the ones that will help see you through the most difficult times in your life. Henry David Thoreau said that the language of friendship is not words, but meanings. And that is so true. I have some dear friends, and when we get together, sometimes we don't talk very much. And it's just the company of being together. There's a communication that goes on because there's something, a a deeper connection that we call friendship. Friendship is the only cement that will ever hold the world together. And friendship consists, I think, a lot of times in us forgetting what one gives and remembering what one receives. And let us ever be grateful to people who make us happy. And they become the channels through which our lives are enriched and our souls can blossom. Dale Carnegie said this. He said, you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in others than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. What a powerful statement. God created us for relationships and there's something inside all of us that desires that connection with someone else. The scripture says in Genesis 2 that God saw man, that he was alone, and he said it is not good that man should be alone. And so he took a rib from his side and he made a woman and brought her to him and there in that garden became not only the relationship of a husband and wife, but much deeper than that, there was a friendship. Our needs demand that we find those kind of connections in lives that goes beyond just the biological bloodline. I think most of you would probably agree that there are some friends in your life that you are actually closer to than you are your own blood kin. And I have found that to be true many times in my life. According to recent studies, the most heavily used services provided on the campus of Harvard University and many other universities of its kind is the Office of Psychiatric Help. They say that it is because in spite of all of the connections, and they say according to studies that the average American today will meet more people in one year than your ancestors of 100 or 120 years ago would have met in a lifetime. 
And yet in spite of all of the connections that we make in life, loneliness is still a main problem for many people and for Americans in particular. One of the greatest needs of all of us is to have a friend. Everybody needs a friend. Amen. Everybody needs a friend. And what would our lives be without friends? Just take a moment right now and in your own mind, reflect upon the people that you have connected with in your lifetime that you call friends. And then think about what your life would be like if those people were absent, if there had never been that connection, if there had never been that meeting. Some of the greatest joys that have come to my life have come by way of my friends. Some of the deepest laughter and some of the greatest joys have come sitting around a campfire at night with some friends and just talking about life and the things that mean the most to us. And what I've found is that a friend loves at all times. Certainly the wise man was right when he observed that. And that's what makes them so special is that they love us at all times. As one man said, you can always tell a real friend when you've made a fool of yourself, he doesn't feel like you've done a permanent job of it. And I'm glad that I've got some friends like that. Do you have some friends like that today? Would you just do me a favor and yourself a favor and just stop for a moment and think about a few of those friends and let's just lift our hands and thank God that he has placed people like that in our lives. Would you do that? Oh God, I thank you today for the friends, the men and women alike that you have brought into my life that have helped enrich my life and make my life what it is today. I am so thankful, God, for those that have made a difference through the years and they have helped me get through some tough times in my life. Amen. Our text says that there is a friend. I, I love that statement. When I read that, I, I just I have to read it again and again and again because it is simply stating a fact. It is not a supposition, it's not a question, it is not a doubt, it is a fact. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, and he is available. I, I love that word, sticketh. I, I read something about a little girl that was trying to quote this verse to her dad, and when she got to this part, she said, And a friend stinketh more than a brother. And the, the dad said, no, honey, it doesn't say stinketh. It says sticketh closer than a brother. They're there. They never have to be worried about. You don't have to wonder when you leave church tomorrow if they're going to be there. And it is this part of the verse that helps and encourages me that even though at the moment I may feel alone and I may feel isolated, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And he accepts me and he affirms me and he will assist me and he will help me. 
And when I think of friends, there are many relationships in the Bible that come to mind. I, I think about Jonathan and David. I, I think about Abraham and God. What is there to be in such a relationship with God that he would say, that's my friend. That's, that's, that's my friend right there. We sang about it earlier. And I, I believe God feels that way about all of us. But it was especially noted of Abraham that I, that that man right there is my friend. But when I got to looking at scripture, there, there was one particular passage that I, I could not get away from. And it's found in Mark chapter 2. And it really, we, we don't even know their names. We are not even given the privilege of being introduced to them. We are simply told that they were four. Everybody say four. There was a man, I almost said, who was a paralytic. He had a problem and he was born a four. It is a tragic thing in life when the only thing that you're known by is your problem. This man is simply introduced to us as one. He doesn't even have a name. He is sick of the palsy. He has a problem. He has an issue. And so many times in life people can be labeled just like that. And they have to carry that moniker around with them all of their life. They're a troublemaker, they're a liar, they're a cheater, they're a, an adulterer, they're a loser, they're a dopehead, they're a quitter. They're, and we go on down the line listing the names of conditions by which we identify people. And that's what this man is introduced to us by was his condition, a problem. People had become... Uh, known for their conditions in life, but this man in particular was identified by his problem. He had palsy, and it was a debilitating disease that brought paralysis, and there were many causes for it in that day. And it, it doesn't really matter what caused it. The effects were devastating. His life had become miserable and unhappy, and it was I'm sure a lonely mess. We don't know if he was born with the problem or if it came later on in life. It really doesn't matter. How long do you have to live in hell before you get tired of it? If it was a day like that, that's one day too long. But whatever the case, he had been in this condition for a while and evidently and obviously he could not help himself but he had one thing going for him. He had four friends. Amen. Four friends. You talk about a blessed man. They tell me that if you have two or three good friends in life, you're a fortunate person. But this man had four friends. Four men who decided if he can't get there, we're going to help him get there. That's the kind of people you need around your life or people that can help you when you can't help yourself. <laughs> Oh, uh, yes. And I have a news bulletin for you. If the people you're hanging out with is dragging you down, you need to find a new crowd to hang out with. Because when you get in trouble, you need somebody that knows how to help you. Not only that, you need people that know where to take you. 
And so these men decided he can't help himself, but we can help him. What, are, what, what, what friends? Friends that were concerned about him and they were moved by his condition and they saw more for him than he even saw for himself. And these friends, everybody needs in life. Everybody needs friends like that, that no matter what happens, no matter where you are, no matter what comes or goes, no matter what you're going through, they stand there with you. They go through it with you. Every man at some point in life need a lift. And if you have friends, that's what friends are for. They will help lift you. They will not knock you down. They will not rat on you. They will not put you down further. They will not mock you. They will not ridicule you. They will help lift you. The shock and effects of life had come on this man, leaving him paralyzed and unable to move. But he had four friends that said, we're going to help you. And we know somebody that can help you. And so they picked him up and they took him into the presence of the Lord. I am thankful that there are men and women that surround all of us that are just like that. That when we get down, they know how to lift us up. And when we get down, they know how to bring us into the place where we need to be. Amen. When you've been paralyzed by the effects of life, you need a friend that can help you get out of that. Amen. Everybody needs friends like that. Four friends. Everybody needs a friend called encouragement. Everybody say encouragement. Everybody needs somebody that believes in you. And when you get down on yourself, they will help lift you back up and not put you further down. Everybody needs a friend that will not believe all the bad press that people are saying about you or even you are saying about yourself. Everybody needs someone who can help them see the light of day. Everybody. Someone that no matter how bad things get in your life, they are there to help you. They, they are there to lift you. That no matter how hopeless it may be, there is an encourager in the house. There's somebody that will say to you, hold on, it's going to get better. Hold on, we're going to get through this. Hey, don't give up yet. There's still a way out of this. Everybody needs a friend like that. Everybody needs a friend called encouragement. Their words are like ointment. Their, their, their spirit is like a salve and a perfume. They temper our own sour and cynical outlook on life. And when we feel like we can't go any farther, they help pick us up and say, oh, yes, you can. And they move you on. Anybody have a friend like that in your life that's helped encourage you? Praise God. Everybody needs a friend called determination. Amen. Everybody needs a friend that no matter what the obstacles you encounter are, they're not going to stop you. We're not going to be deterred. We're not giving up. We're not letting go. We're not going to stop. It may look like a dead end, but let's just keep looking. There's a way out of this. Everybody needs somebody that will hang on a minute longer. Just a minute longer. You know what I said last week a hero is? A hero is an ordinary person that stood five minutes longer. It's just somebody that said, you know what? 
It may look like the end, but let's just not say it is the end. It may look like life is over, but it's not really over yet. It's not over till he says it's over. Somebody needs a friend who will not give up. How many times have I needed somebody that I I would call my friends and, man, you talk about lower than a snake's belly. And I started off the conversation and it just went from bad to worse. And finally one of them spoke up and said, okay, enough of that. Enough of that. You're making me sick. (laughs) And somehow through their words and their encouragement, they picked my spirit up and they put me back on my feet and they helped me see the light of day. They helped me understand that it's not the end. It's not the it's not over. I don't care how bad it looks in life. You're going to encounter some crippling things like fear and anger and resentment and loss. And life will take some things from you and it can make your life a miserable existence. But if you have a friend, a friend like determination that says, we're not giving up. I don't, we're not going to believe that report. We're not going to accept that report. We're going to believe God for better things. We need somebody like that. We need somebody that can come alongside us and say, no, we've come too far to turn back now. We've we've come too far to give up. They would not be denied. These men who brought this poor guy in couldn't even get in on the first attempt. Most people would have just turned around, backed out of the parking lot and gone home. There's no parking space out there. I'm not going to go park on the grass. Hello. A lot of folks, if they run into any kind of obstacle on the way to church, they just feel like it's the will of God that they not come to church. Am I telling you the truth? They got to the door and it was full and the windows were full. The Bible said there was no way they could get into that place where Jesus was. But they didn't give up. They, they said, you know what, there's got to be a way. I like people like that that just, they will not buy into your negativity. They won't buy into your sour attitude. They won't buy into your hopelessness. And they say, you know what, there's got to be a way. And sure enough, one of them said, hey, I see a ladder on the side of the house. And so they climb up on the roof and they start tearing that roof off. Now, some folks wouldn't go to that much trouble to get into the presence of God, but these men were determined. You know what? Everybody needs a friend like that. Amen. That just has such a determination about them that it doesn't matter what we have to get through. We're going to get you into the presence of the Lord. No matter what we have to go through, we're going to get you where you need to be. Everybody needs a friend called determination. Everybody needs a friend called hope. I love this. The Bible calls him a paralytic. The Bible said he was one with palsy. But when Jesus spoke to him, when Jesus spoke to the paralytic, he didn't call him a paralytic. The Bible said he called him a son. Sometimes 
Even those around you don't understand who you are. And the only one that really knows the potential that's there is the friend that is above all friends. The name speaks of relationship. And the fact is that Jesus saw in that man more than his problem, more than his shortcoming, more than his weakness. Isn't that the kind of friend that all of us need is somebody that looks beyond our fault and sees our need? Isn't that the friend that we're all looking for this morning that even though he knows our weakness and our problems and our shortcomings and our sins, he looks beyond that because there's something beyond better than what you see in the moment. That's the kind of friend that you and I need. Somebody that will look into our eyes and say, you might be that, but that's not what you're going to remain. He called him a son. Thank God for not labeling him. Thank God for not buying into what society had said about him. Thank God for not taking what culture had put on him. But the Lord looked into his eyes and said, Son, rise up and walk. That's what's happened to all of us. When we came to an altar and we began to seek God, all we had was a bunch of mess to offer Him. Sins, embarrassing things. We don't even want to talk about it. We're glad it's under the blood. Are you glad your sins are under the blood this morning? Does anybody want them drug out? Does anybody want them put up there? The things that I had to confess to the Lord, I don't want anybody to know it. I said them quietly. Because I didn't want any eavesdroppers being around. I didn't want anybody with any recording because I didn't want anybody reminding me. I wanted to be able to say it to him and know that he was going to take them and he was going to put them behind his back. He was going to drop them in the sea of forgetfulness. The sea. You know what's amazing about that scripture is that he removes our sins as far and he puts them in the ocean. We have gone to Mars. We have, believe it or not, and I know some folks don't believe that. Some folks still don't believe we went to the moon. But we've, got, we've been to Mars. We've got things out in orbit right now that are reaching out to the far corners of our universe. We're talking about millions and millions of miles. But do you know that to this day, we have never gone to the depth of the ocean? Never. They cannot get an instrument down there because the pressures are so great and the issues that they have to overcome are so great. They cannot get something down into the very depth of the ocean. Why? Because God doesn't want anybody going to where your sins are. That's the kind of friend we need. Somebody that says, a paralytic, you're a restored rehabilitated child of God. You're not a drug addict. You're not a heroin addict. You're not an alcoholic. Get over that. I'm sorry, AA. I am not an alcoholic. I am a redeemed child of God. 
That may be what I was in another life, but today I am blood-bought. I am purchased. I have been called by his name. I have been buried in baptism in that name. And when I stand before you this morning, I am not a sinner, but I am a man that has been saved by the grace of God. And I lift my hands, not because I deserve it, but because I've got a friend. I've got a friend, and his name is Jesus. And he said, I'll take your sins away. Come on, clap your hands and praise him this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You see, hope is not based on your actions, but it's based on his performance. And the Bible said it is the anchor of our soul. And it is a door, the door of hope. It's an opportunity and a passage to a better life and to a greater life. The Bible speaks of hope as being a helmet. Put it on and let it protect your mind. Let it remind you often, I've got a friend. The only reason I'm here this morning is because I've got a friend. I have found that the scripture is true. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Amen. And he didn't call me what I was. He called me what I could be. Amen. 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 Praise God. You ought to thank God for that right now. Amen. He saw you, but he looked beyond that. Amen. 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 Everybody needs a friend called hope. Last of all, everybody needs a friend called forgiveness. Amen. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is what we all need in life. I've seen many people who were physically whole but spiritually crippled because of problems in their life. All that they need is a little forgiveness. You know what I found out also in life is that many times the forgiveness that we need the most is the forgiveness that only we can give ourselves. Because many of us, the Lord forgave us a long time ago, but we've never forgiven ourselves. We just can't believe we did that. We can't believe we messed up again. We can't believe. And so we allow our mind to trap us in a world of failure and frustration. And there was a man who saw fit to go to Calvary in my place that he could offer me what no one else could offer. That was redemption. Amen. The Old Testament law, the best that could be done was to push sin away for one year. One year. But that next year you had to come back and let the high priest offer the offering again. And one more year that sin was pushed ahead. It just kept piling up and piling up and piling up. Nobody could do anything about it until the perfect lamb came. And when he hung on Calvary and he gave his life blood. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That forgiveness reached out not only to that world, but to ours today. And I'm here today because of a friend who forgave me. Amen. A friend who forgave me. Thank God for forgiveness. Thank God for somebody who will not hold me to account of those things, but has washed them away. Jesus did not condemn this man, even though he might have. 
We don't know what brought on his condition. It may have been of his own doing. It may have been his own thought. But Jesus did not condemn him. He said, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Rise up and walk. And that man entered into a relationship that he had never known. There is a friend. I said, there is a friend. A friend who can give you hope. A friend who can give you forgiveness. A friend who will never give up on you. A friend who will never turn his back on you. A friend that will walk with you and go with you to the ends of the earth. And you know what I've come to do? I've come this morning as a preacher to try to get some of you to Jesus. Because some of you need a friend like that. You need a friend that can forgive and wash away and renew and restore. You need a friend that can identify you by what you can be, not by what you were or what you are even today. You need a friend that will see beyond your fault. He will see your need. And if I could get you to Jesus, I believe life would change for you today. Let's stand together. If I could get you to Jesus, I believe he could help you. I believe he could really help somebody today. Somebody with an issue in your life. Somebody with a problem that's paralyzed you. Somebody with troubles that are too many to count. People with a past, people with a history, people with a story. Doesn't matter what your story is. His story is, I have forgiven. I have redeemed. I have, I have poured out my blood for you. Amen. I've done it all for you. Why don't you reach over and take somebody by the hand right now where you are. Speaking to someone here this morning. You've been labeled in life as a loser or a hothead or a troublemaker. You've been labeled in life as this or that. I want to introduce you to someone this morning that will never put a label on you. He will simply call you his. If you'll give him an opportunity, he'll call you his. That's my son. That's my daughter. That's my child. Amen. If you need forgiveness in your life, if you need the Lord to heal you, there's some things in your life that are messed up this morning and they're out of sorts. You need a touch of God's grace upon your life. Why don't you reach out to him right now? All over this building. Let's pray right now. Holy Ghost, we need you. We're depending on you right now, Lord. We're calling upon you right now to move in this place, oh God.